Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. And welcome. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries. Thank you for joining me. And today we're going to continue in our Passover Passion, The Reason for the Season, Volume 3, series of messages, special messages this Holy Week. And today we're going to be in Lesson 8. We're going to talk about the topic of atonement. We've been going through Jesus' final week here, looking at many things as we've considered and focused on the prophecies, the passion prophecies, the prophecies that are being fulfilled this very week from the various Hebrew scriptures. Today we're going to cover the actual 14th day of Nisan, or the day of the Passover feast, the day when the Passover lamb had to be killed. We're going to consider the topic of atonement as an innocent lamb would take the place and provide covering or atonement and escape from death for the person. I want us to look beginning in Exodus chapter 12, to understand this more fully. In Exodus chapter 12, I want to read a few different verses. I'm going to first read verses 1 through 14. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, Every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the little of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water but roasted in fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a memorial and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Then let's jump down to verse 21, beginning in verse 21. 
Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families, and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of his house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the little and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. It will come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will give you, just as he promised that you shall keep this service. And it shall be when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service that you shall say? It is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. So the people bowed their heads and worshiped. Then the children of Israel went away and did so, just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. Then let's drop down to verse 43. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. No foreigner shall eat it, but every man's servant who is bought for money, when you have circumcised him, then he may eat it. A sojourner and a hired servant shall not eat it, In one house it shall be eaten. You shall not carry any of the flesh outside the house, nor shall you break one of its bones. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. And when a stranger dwells with you and wants to keep the Passover to the Lord, let all his males be circumcised and then let them come near and keep it. And he shall be as a native of the land. For no uncircumcised person shall eat it. One law shall be for the native born, and for the stranger who dwells among you. Then all the children of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. And it came to pass on that very same day that the Lord brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt according to their armies. Now I want us to look real quick at Leviticus chapter 23, verse 5. On the 14th day of the first month at twilight is the Lord's Passover. And then I want us to look at Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 1 and 2. Observe the month of Abib, or Nisan, and keep the Passover to the Lord your God. For in the month of Abib, the Lord your God brought you out of Egypt by night. Therefore you shall sacrifice the Passover to the Lord your God from the flock and the herd in the place where the Lord chooses to put his name. So here... In these passages, we're given the details about the Passover and the instructions for it. I want us to consider some things as we look at this Passion Week, holy sacrifice of the Lord. First of all, from the Passover in Exodus and in the Torah, we see that it was to happen to start on the 10th of the month of Nisan or Abib. And that was when the lamb for each family had to be chosen. The lamb, each person, had to choose the lamb on the 10th. 
and then from the 10th to the 14th, the lamb was inspected. And then on the 14th, the lamb would be killed. The innocent lamb would die in the place of the person or the family. The innocent lamb would be killed. And it was the blood of the innocent lamb that the Lord was looking for on the doorpost of the home. And for all of those who had the blood of the innocent lamb applied to the doorposts of their home, of their lives, of their family, they were preserved, they were saved, and they were not destroyed. God said specifically, if he sees the blood, the destroyer will pass over them and not be allowed to enter them and kill them. It was the blood from the lamb that had to be applied to the doorposts of their individual houses. The blood is important. God saw the blood and passed over with the death angel. The blood on the doorpost made the difference. It was an individual choice. The family was then to eat of the lamb, partake of its body. Jesus comes on the scene about 1,500 years later, and at his last supper, he offers the bread, which represented his body, he said, and he offered the wine or the juice, which represented his blood. Communion was instituted on that day when Jesus instituted it at his last Passover Seder. And he tells us that it is remembering his body and his blood that was shed, that was broken, that was spilled for us. The Passover lamb had to be a male. It had to be a lamb of the first year or a young lamb. It had to be perfect. There could be no fault, no spot, no blemish in it. We find after Jesus has been inspected, even Pilate in the very last, before he delivers him over to the Jews for them to do with them as they want, he tells them, I find no fault in him at all. The Passover lamb could have no broken bones. Jesus on the cross gave up the ghost. In other words, he he died and there were no broken bones in his body, fulfilling the prophetic word from Psalm chapter 34, verse 20. Let's read that so you can see that from the scripture. In Psalm 34, verse 20, it says this, He, speaking of God, guards all his bones. Not one of them is broken. That's very prophetic in regard to Jesus on the cross. Because if you'll remember, when they died, when they were hanging on the cross, the Romans wanted to hurry this thing along. So they went and they broke the legs of the other two thieves. But the Bible tells us when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his bones. Because God's word had said God was guarding all of his bones. Not one of them was to be broken. And in the Passover lamb, not one bone could be broken of that Passover lamb. They could have none of the Passover lamb left until the morning. It had to be used that same night. Jesus, when he died on the cross that day, he was buried 
That same day at the evening before the night, he was not left on the cross overnight. All the details that the Old Testament, that the Tanakh, that the Torah required for the Passover lamb, everyone was met in Yeshua Jesus, the perfect Passover lamb. He was killed at the exact right time. He was killed in Jerusalem, just outside the city, the place where God chose to put his name. His blood was on the cross like it had been applied by the Israelites in the Passover on the lentils and the doorpost of the house. We read it in Exodus chapter 12, and it had to be applied individually. Every person, every family head had to choose for themselves the lamb. It had to be applied with the hyssop to the doorpost of each individual home once they had chosen to believe God's word and to do what God had said to believe. And they applied the blood, the blood to the doorposts and the lintels. It's the same thing with Jesus. Every individual must choose to believe God's word, to believe in God's savior, to believe in the Messiah that God has chosen. And as the people believe individually in him and apply his blood to themselves, then they are born again of the Spirit of God. The Passover lamb and the death of Jesus Christ speak of the atoning work. If you'll remember when we began this series early, we talked about the scriptures from Isaiah that talked about how he was coming. He was coming to Zion. He was coming to his people when he came on the donkey and he had work that he had to complete. There was work that he had to do that was just before him. It was imminent. It was imminent before him. When he rode in to Jerusalem on that tenth of Nisan, he knew his work was imminent in that week. It was just before him. He knew what he had to do. He knew that he was the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. He knew he was Israel's promised king, and he knew what that meant. On the cross, Jesus cried out, It is finished, meaning the work, the imminent work that I had to do is now completed. The Passover lamb, the perfect Passover lamb to pay and to atone for the sin of the entire world is now dying. The work has now been completed. I want us to look next at John chapter 4. And verse 34, in John 4, verse 34, it says this, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. In John chapter 17, Jesus begins his high priestly prayer here. And it says, beginning in verse 1, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son also may glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, 
and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world began. So Jesus had been doing the work of his Father all of those three and a half years. But now, as he prays his prayer, John chapter 17, just before he's going to the cross, he knows that this is now the completion. It's on its last leg, so to speak, in the sense of the leg of the race. He's in the last lap. He will die later that same day on the 14th of Nisan as the Passover lamb who had been identified by John the Baptist in John chapter 1, verse 29. So true atonement, true salvation is what he brought. It comes only through the Passover lamb of Jesus Christ. And just like in the Old Testament, just like in the days of the children of Israel, when they were in Egypt and they had to individually choose to believe God's word and then to act upon it by applying the blood to their individual doorposts of their home. The blood of Jesus is how it comes. God saw the blood of the Passover lamb and that is why they were able to live and not see death in their household. It's the same with Jesus Christ. The real life, eternal life, comes only through the blood of Jesus. Because even the book of Leviticus, in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, tells us that life is in the blood. Let's look at that verse. Powerful verse. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, says this. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I, this is God speaking, have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. That word atonement is the Hebrew word kafar. It means to expiate or to placate, to cancel or cover, to propitiate or to make reconciliation for I want us to look at several scriptures that show us how this applies and what God has done for atoning of man's sin, mankind's sin, our sins, all of us. I want to first begin in Matthew chapter 26, and I want to read verse 27 and 28. Then he took the cup, this is the cup of redemption, and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. In John chapter 10, I want to read verses 11 through 18. I am the good shepherd. Jesus is speaking here and he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, but a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the father knows me 
even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I will bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Then let's go to Romans chapter 3. And I want to begin the reading in verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. No other place. It's not in anywhere else. You can't find it in Eastern mysticism. You can't find it in any other religion. You can't find it in yourself. You can't find it anywhere else. We are justified only and freely by the grace that is through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation, as the atonement, as the one who is the reconciler, as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. It's only found in Jesus, beloved friend. But it is found there. That's the good news. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, it says this, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. It's the blood that matters. It's the blood that is important. I want to read now Ephesians chapter 1. Beginning in verse 3, it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. So in here we're finding out that this blood provides for our redemption. The blood is what we are redeemed by. And it is bringing to us this atonement, not just the covering of sin, but the forgiveness of sins, the forgiveness of our sins. Hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, it says this. This is also recorded in Colossians chapter 1, verse 14. But now in Christ Jesus, 
in Christ Jesus. You who once were far off have been brought near by the blood, by the blood of Christ. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, it says this, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Hallelujah. It is the blood that matters. It is the blood that is the atonement. It is the blood of Jesus that is the focal point. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 9, it says this, And they sang a new song, saying, You, talking to the Passover lamb who had been slain, the Passover lamb who had been slain and now was alive forevermore. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain. and have and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. And then lastly, let's consider it from this aspect that Peter tells us in First Peter, beginning in verse 18, chapter 1. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but, in other words, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. In other words, as of the Passover lamb slain for all of us. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you who, through him, believe in God, who raised him from the dead, gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Our redemption was bought by the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross, where he died on the altar of the cross as the Passover lamb, and he died on the very day that the Passover lamb had to be killed on the 14th of Nisan, nearly 2,000 years ago. The blood is the key. Praise God for the blood of Jesus, who willingly, willingly and obediently shed his own blood. He was God's lamb, the Lord Jesus, Messiah himself. And as the good shepherd, he laid down his life for the sheep. As you may celebrate communion this Holy Week, be especially grateful for the body and the blood of our Lord that was shed for you. And I want to close us out by giving us that exhortation from Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I want to just read verses 23 through 26. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do 
as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. You proclaim the power of the Lord's death till he comes. You proclaim the accomplishment of the Lord's death till he comes. You proclaim the atonement and redemption, the forgiveness of sins bought for us through the atoning Passover lamb, slain for the whole sin of the world once for all as the perfect Passover lamb who could provide atonement through his blood. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And Lord willing, you can join us again as we draw near to the close of this Holy Week and this special Passover Passion series. God bless you today. In Jesus' name, amen.